0: Uh, Look, before we start today's show, and I know you've heard everyone's thoughts on this already, but we should just quickly address what happened uh, in Paris on on Friday night. And uh, certainly shocking events uh, going on uh, just over the border from us and and in a country, in a city that I know that I love and and, uh, a place I've spent a lot of time, a place I spent a lot of time with Sarah early on in our relationship. And uh, yeah, absolutely shocking events. Obviously, I mean, my biggest takeaway from the whole thing is that, I just think people need to calm down on Twitter and not get hysterical immediately about it and start pointing fingers of blame and start talking about, you know, uh, I, I think people made the right point when they talked about uh, the, the immigration camps immediately in Calais started to uh, have some kind of, not necessarily attacks, but certainly some protests, etc. And these are the people that are running away from the very barbaric monsters who are committing these acts. They're, it's happening in these countries every day this sort of these sorts of actions and that's why these people are trying to leave and that's why we need to show such a level of compassion at the moment as we need to ollie did you have any thoughts before we crack on yeah i was working uh on friday night um
1: into saturday morning seeing all the events unfold through news channels and uh the wires um the journalist wires that that, that there are um profoundly uh upset and um saddened by everything really and, um, thoughts, prayers, I don't pray, but thoughts and, uh, all of that, um, good well wishes all, yeah. uh, going across the, across the channel. But like on other podcasts, you know, we are. Uh, an American football um, show so yeah. that's what we will, will concentrate
0: yeah, on yeah and let's finish off by giving this an American football bent the the uh, Green Bay Packers obviously had a shocker on Sunday night and we'll get on to talking about that game but um, during the minute's silence uh, a fan shouted out an obscenity it's not a fan uh, yeah, well, it's, yeah absolutely and the same thing apparently happened during the Seahawks and as you'll have seen uh, on my Twitter account I'm saying I hope the Seahawks ban that individual for life whether he's an away fan whether he's a home fan those yeah. people shouldn't be allowed in the league but uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers was asked about the minute silence and i think he he hits this absolutely bang on so rather than get us giving our thoughts let's get his thoughts and then let's crack on and have a brilliant show
2: yeah i think it's important to do things like that and we're a connected uh, connected world you know six degrees separation uh, I, I must admit that i was very disappointed with uh, whoever the fan was who made a, a comment that i thought was really inappropriate during the moment of silence um, it's that kind of prejudicial uh ideology that I think puts us in the position uh, that we're in today as a world.
0: show in the week 10 review show with such a fantastic slater games it's had me dancing around the studio in the build-up like drew stanton on a winning touchdown drive coming up we're going to be talking about whether the packers are even going to even make the playoffs at this point what a performance from the cardinals the cowboys you're a mess and we're going to announce the winner of our championship package game this is the gridiron show in association with sports travel tour This is the Gridiron Show in association with Sports Travel Tours. And I had to make sure I mentioned that because we're going to be speaking with Andrew Hill from Sports Travel Tours in a moment to talk you through that fantastic AFC and NFC Championship Game Prize. And then in just a couple of moments' time, we're going to be speaking with the man who has won that competition. I've given away already. It is a man. One of our subscribers has won tickets, travel, transfers, accommodation, all the bells and whistles, all the whistles and bells, all of both of those things to go to either the afc or nfc championship game exciting stuff ollie hunter wow what a prize uh keep checking us out at gridiron on twitter and gridiron-magazine.com where the gridiron predictor games up ollie hunter oh yeah and currently ahead of monday night football leading the league with 96 picks i think you'll find it's only this guy me no no this guy Oh, you. Yeah. The, me. I uh, And honestly, it's because week 10 was a bizarre week. We saw a lot of big upsets. I'm going to talk about all of those games. But I decided this week to pick a little bit with my heart. So I picked the Cardinals because I want to see the Seahawks lose. Uh, I picked the uh, the Jags. I picked the Bucks because I wanted to see the Cowboys lose. I picked the Jags because I wanted to, you know, et cetera. Et cetera. I picked the Dolphins because I wanted a Florida three way. Um, that's you not a Florida, a, Florida three way. <laughs> I promise that's not a sexual move. That's just what because no is that on your iPad. No Florida team has been to the playoffs since two thousand and eight. What? That isn't that ridiculous. That's a mad because they've got the most um the most uh, teams in the state. Well, have
1: they? Uh, New so. Yorks.
0: No, because the New York teams are in New Jersey. And, and, and Buffalo New York State. Yeah. Uh, uh Ohio has two. California currently has two. When a team moves to LA, uh, no, California has three, it's, three. it's got Oakland as well as the 49. I, I was just thinking the Bay Area of having one team, but of course it has two. So it's got the joint most teams of a state, but the difference is, is teams in California have actually been to the playoffs. But all three of them won this weekend. So I'm purely there on fluke because on a week where the current winning score is only nine points for this week, uh, I, I'm i leading that, and therefore I'm ahead of all of you guys. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. whatever. Uh, we actually had a tweet in on that very topic from Gary. Gary sent two tweets in. The first one was asking, uh, what's more likely, Andy Dalton winning Super Bowl 50 or Will Gavin winning the Predictor League? Hashtag Red Rifle Rumble. I will happily be re the Red Rifle of this podcast, by the way. I'm not having that. We need to give you your own nickname. (laughs) He also asked, if Will wins the Predictor League, do we have to actually admit that he knows what he's talking about?
1: Let's get hysterical, hysterical. I want to get hysterical. Let's get
0: into (laughs) hysteria. No, (laughs) he's the simple answer to that. Uh, I,
1: I don't anyway, so
0: uh I'd, it'll probably all go to pot now anyway and I, the the bengals will lose tonight and we'll talk about that should we do i think should we do the competition first yes
1: let's get that done
0: and dusted. Uh, let's do i'm competition too excited first, about it and basically. then we'll talk monday night football we'll do all the week 10 games loads of stuff to talk about but just before we get to that ollie uh, i like to bring in a little element of nonsense from you at the beginning of the show is there anything you want to add now or do you want to save back all your nonsense save the back, back end? save back yeah okay so i need to just paste that thing that i wrote in there that you saw that i wrote in there but you don't know what it says into the back end of my little running all I
1: thought it said... Ju-
0: Jalapenos, but uh, now I know what it says. And now you know what I'm going to ask you about. Okay, let's uh, let's go off the competition and speak with Andrew Hill from the fantastic sports travel tours. So we want to kick off today's podcast with the massive announcement about who's going to win the AFC slash NFC Championship Game package. Uh, It's a fantastic prize. We've talked about it on this podcast ever since we first joined up with Gridiron and started doing it as the Gridiron Show. Uh, It's been a long time coming. You had to have subscribed to the magazine by November. Everyone that did has gone into a and we have a winner but before we do so let's be joined on the phone by the man who has so generously donated this prize from our affiliate partner sports travel tours andrew hill how are you today sir
3: I'm doing brilliant. How are you guys?
0: Yeah, very I well indeed. That. Very well indeed. Now, before we get on to the prize, uh, we've been talking a lot about uh, our our trip next year, and we're going to be contacting some people this week who have shown some interest. So if you're interested in coming on a tour next year, at Gridiron on Twitter or gridironpod at com, We've got some kind of approximate pricings, etc. we can run by you. Uh, but you're on the this year's tour right now, aren't you, Andrew?
3: I am. In fact, it's a beautiful day. I'm in New York City. In actual fact, I'm in Hoboken. And I'm looking out onto the uh, New York City skyline. Uh, Absolutely stunning at the moment. Uh, Sun's out. I can see the World Trade Centre. New building to my right. Empire State building to my left. It couldn't be a nicer day.
0: And the guys who came this year got to see the Giants come oh so close to beating the Patriots last night. And they got to see the Jets-Buffalo game on Thursday night. Two fantastic games of football and a college game. Uh, Just how great has the tour been this year?
3: Oh, it's been fantastic. We got to. Uh, we started off in San Francisco. Uh, we did the uh, the 49ers game with Blaine Gabbert <laughs> making his first start and getting a Come win. Come
0: on! <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, then we went down to San Diego. Did the Chargers game against the Bears. There where... Another another bit of a shock with the Bears winning, um, although yesterday's performance was pretty good, and then over here for the two games in New York, so yeah, we've had a
0: fantastic time. Fantastic, and with college games and high school worked in, I know the guys when you were in San Diego took in an Anaheim Ducks game in the hockey as well, uh, something that they kind of decided to do on the fly and you guys drove them up there, so it's genuinely really worthwhile and we'll, we'll send out more details about that coming up, but... We've got this competition prize to give away. We're going to be calling the winner in just a moment, Andrew. Just talk through exactly what this person is going to win and how it's all going to work.
3: Well, we're going to fly them out to the, uh, the city that hosts the, uh, either the NFC or the AFC Championship game. They're going to have uh, four nights in the hotel, um, all paid for by, by sports travel tours. They're going to have great tickets. To the, to the AFC or NFC Championship game, along with all the transfers to and from, etc. And whatever it, other experience we can add in. Obviously, each city is different with the experiences that we have and that we uh, we put together. So, unfortunately, we can't give you any more details than that because we're waiting <laughs> to see who's going to be in the game.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, if we could give you more details than that, I'd be laying quite a lot of money on what the AFC and <laughs> NFC Championship game is going to be this year. If, if we knew that much at this point. But, you know, you could be going to uh Charlotte you could be going to Carolina. Well I said you... it last night Charlotte versus uh, the Panthers versus the Cardinals could be the NFC Championship game. That would be it an incredible be game you could you could end up in uh Ohio you could end up in New England you could end up in, in Boston. Uh, yeah it, well that's New England but yeah there's so many great fantastic cities and the fact and the way it's going to work, Andrew, as well, is that they're going to, as, as far as I'm aware, is because we're not going to know the game until seven days beforehand, essentially you're going to work out which is going to offer the best experience for the competition winner as well.
3: That's right, yes. Obviously, we want to make it the, the best experience possible. And therefore, when we know the two teams for the, and the two cities that are going to host the games, then we'll, uh, we'll call the, the lucky winner uh on the monday morning after the game and uh go through everything with them give them all the details tell them exactly where they're going to be going
0: fantastic look what a great prize and what a fantastic thing for you guys to give away at sports travel tours keep checking out andrew and everything they do at sportstraveltours.com uh dead dead excited about this that you've probably had an absolutely shattering 10 11 days andrew so uh you go see everyone off to the airport as i know you're doing this afternoon and uh and we'll catch up either uh when you're back or or at some point over the next couple of weeks
3: Sounds great, and uh, we look forward to uh, having you guys uh, do do the work next year on the tour for us.
0: He was telling me, Ollie, just about how much work it is. I thought it was going to be a big jolly, and we're just going to go and drink and stuff. But apparently, we have to do stuff. I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> <I> love it. <laughs> Andrew, always a pleasure, sir.
3: That sounds great. Thanks, guys. The
1: um, Arrowheads Abroad have uh, just confirmed that they're doing a tour with.
0: Indeed they Android are, yeah. Year. They're going to be going out and doing a, a Chiefs game next year. That's dead exciting. I, I kind of want to go on that. Let's try and get the Chiefs involved in our uh,
1: See, I'd love to go to Arrowhead.
0: Yeah, that is one of the places oh. that I would most love to see a game. We're going to get on to talking about the games and everything else in a little while, <laughs> but uh, we should call our winner. And to kind of let you know, when we uh, when we take your details, when you become a subscriber to Gridiron Magazine at gridiron-magazine.com, essentially we have your, your name, your address, your email and everything else. We don't ask for a phone number. And we didn't realise <laughs> what an issue this would be when we wanted to call a competition winner and spring the surprise on them. <laughs> so what we did was earlier today, we've emailed the person in question uh, and we've asked them basically if they would be willing to, Matthew Sherry, the uh, the editor of Gridiron, whether they'd be willing to um, take part in a survey uh, about the magazine itself. So we're going to call the winner up and we're going to ask them a few survey questions, and then we're going to drop in the fact that they've won this fantastic opportunity to go to either the AFC or NFC Championship game. And like we said, tickets, flights, the whole lot. It's going to be a fantastic experience. So uh, so let's give them a call now.
2: Luke speaking.
0: Oh, hi, is that Luke Wolsey? Is, uh... Luke, hi, Will calling from Gridiron, uh, m- uh, well, Gridiron Show and Gridiron Magazine. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, thanks. Yourself? <clears throat> yeah, very well, thank you. Very well indeed. Look, thank you for uh, agreeing to take our, our call this evening. Uh, we've just okay. got a few questions to run by are you. So you OK for five minutes now? Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Good man. So uh, just starting off, uh, Luke, uh, who do you support?
2: Uh, I knew you are going to ask me that question. I was thinking about that as well. Um, <laughs> well, it's difficult, isn't it? You know, because I'm English and uh, there's so many teams to uh, support and so many good teams and so many good players. But um, probably the Giants...
0: Fair enough, it was a, a tough loss last night, but uh, they're, they're still uh, still riding high in the NFC East, so fingers crossed they're going to make the playoffs this year. Um, and how long have you been a subscriber to Gridiron?
2: Do you know what? This is the first season.
0: Oh, fantastic. So you've literally just been a subscriber in the last few weeks? Yeah. Fantastic. What have you, uh, is there anything in particular in the first few magazines that you've particularly enjoyed? Is there uh, anything that you'd say is, is a, a personal favourite from the magazine?
2: I like the bit with the Chiefs. That was a good one. Fantastic. Um, yeah, because I was going to see the Chiefs at that time as well, so uh, it was good to read that on the way down. Um, so that was good. And I also listened to the podcast as well, which um, which I, I think I had an interview with some of the Chiefs players in as well. So it did indeed. Was...
0: Me, me and Ollie were lucky enough to be in there and, and involved. Um, have you been aware of any competitions Gridiron's been running? No. No. Well, um, we, we have been running a competition the last uh, few weeks where if somebody subscribes to the magazine before November... Uh, they win tickets, uh, flights and uh, accommodation to either the AFC or NFC Championship game. And uh, Luke, the real reason we're calling you is to let you know that you've won that competition and you're going to be going to either the AFC or NFC Championship game entirely courtesy of Sports Travel Tour and Gridiron Magazine. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I so, don't know what to say. Wow. <laughs> right, this I'm, is... a, I'm
2: actually off to an Eagles game in December. Oh,
0: um, fantastic. Well, maybe yeah. you'll be, I don't know if you're going to be, the problem is, is with the seeding, there's no way you're going to be at an Eagles game or a Giants game, but fingers crossed, you might see one of those games on the road, maybe in Carolina, maybe, uh, maybe in Arizona, something like that. So, uh, no, really, really delighted to, to have, you seem like a really nice chap, Luke, and, uh, really pleased that you've won the competition.
2: Thank you. I, uh, yeah, I'm a bit shocked. And, Luke,
0: uh, where do you want
1: to go? Where would be the best place for you to go apart from see the Giants? Who won't make it?
2: I've seen the Giants a few times now. I've so where, where's people, where's where's yeah.
1: where's bucket list? What's the bucket list? Where would be the ultimate place for you to to end up? Touchwood. So it, team to watch. Some yeah, be
2: the Forty Nineers at Levi Stadium, I suppose.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're not. That's not going to happen either.
2: No, um, good one, mate. No, but that's yeah. the dream. If you're asking me about a dream, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Carolina um, would be awesome.
0: Yeah. yeah, of course it would. Yeah, got a few players
1: in my fantasy football from Carolina. Awesome, awesome. Listen, mate, we're, we're totally stoked for your made up. Actually, I think it's a it's a fantastic prize. Understandably, you're a little bit shocked. And
2: uh, <laughs> yes, uh, I am. I've never uh, won anything in my
1: life. <laughs> well, look, you have done now, and um, it's
0: it's fantastic. Ollie hasn't asked the big question. It's two Go tickets. On. It's two flights. It's uh, two uh, a hotel for two. Who are you going to take with you?
2: Well, it's got to be my wife, hasn't
0: it? That is the correct answer, Luke. Well done, (laughs) sir. Well done. Uh, Look, we will uh, email you over all the details. Matt Sherry will get back in touch with you, as will Andrew, and uh, delighted for you, mate.
2: Thank you. Appreciate it. Cheers, guys. No
0: worries at all. Speak soon.
2: Luke, mate. Take care. Are you on Twitter? Um, I'm not, no. You got Get
1: yourself on Twitter, mate. Right. (laughs)
2: I'll do it. I'm sure I am. I've forgotten my password, but I will uh, try and remember it again.
1: Sort it out and and come and say hello at Gridiron. Okay.
0: Will do. Thank you. Brilliant. Congratulations, Luke. Well done, sir. Cheers, guys. That's got to be a pretty, f- uh, pretty great phone call to receive on a on a Monday evening. Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> believe he couldn't believe it. He genuinely. I didn't know what to expect. It was either going to be somebody who was absolutely elated, or exactly that response, which was, I don't know how to
1: take this. Do you know what? As all. well, he was really eloquent up until you told him that he'd won. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah yeah well you know uh, <laughs> and they fell to pieces and then he, he completely went but uh
0: congratulations
1: luke i think it's a fantastic
0: fantastic win fantastic right let's uh let's move on and actually get on to the football from this weekend and talk about your terrible packers should we want to do that game first no let's do the cardinal seahawks definitely Absolutely massive congratulations to Luke. What a fantastic... Uh, he he seemed like a genuine kind of... Uh, one of those fans who's just a fan of the sport. And also, he was in absolute shock. We, uh, Matt Sherry rang him after we finished on the phone with him, uh, just to confirm all the details and everything. And apparently, he just was still uh, in shock over the whole thing. So, <laughs> fantastic. And it's someone who subscribed this season, which is really exciting for us. And uh, sorry if you didn't win. I'm sure we'll do something similar in the future. Or... Or you could join us on our tour next year. We're going to be doing a tour similar to what Andrew's on at the moment. There'll be probably uh, two major cities, or we'll uh, do uh, like one coast and the other coast, or down south and one of the coasts, or something along those lines. And what he always does is he splits the trip into two. So they have, uh, you can do a part tour, or you can come on the full tour with us. So, for example, this year, he talks about going to San Francisco. You go on just the San Francisco half and go to, uh, fly out to San Francisco, uh, spend the get time there, go to two games, go to a Cal Bears game, go mm-hmm. to a Cal High game. Uh, all of that involved as well, and just pay for half of the trip. Or you can do the same and just do the New York half this year or you can do the full thing. So if you are interested, and genuinely, it, you know, I understand these these trips aren't cheap, but they are trips of a lifetime. And if you start saving now, you'll have a phenomenal time next year. We're not able to announce it until the schedule's out, obviously, because we don't know wh- what's the, where Thursday night is, where Monday night is, etc. But uh, if you get in touch with us at Gridiron on Twitter or gridironpod at gmail.com, if you're genuinely interested in coming on a trip with us, we can sort you out with all what the pricings worth for this year, give you an idea of what you'll need to save ready for next year, and it is going to be really, really worth it and you'll be with us and you'll get to spend like 11 days with us so there's a downside to every there is (laughs) a there is a cloud behind every silver lining is that the expression uh, well, it is when it comes to spending 11 days with us. Yeah, OK. Sure. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's get on to the Week 10 Games then, Ollie. Yeah. And I'm going to start off with the late game, and a game that, prior to this happening, because of the way that the early games had worked out, and because I was having a lot of fun on Twitter, uh, I was a little bit cock of the walk, and I would put out a thing on Twitter saying, uh, uh, you know, a Twitter poll to our listeners saying, who do you fancy, the Seahawks or the Cardinals? And a lot of people got in touch with us saying, Seahawks at home, Seahawks off a bye, can't beat them. And I was all, I believe in the Cardinals. I know they can do it. And despite the fact that they desperately tried to throw this game away, <laughs> Carlson Palmer threw for 363 yards and three touchdowns the most anyone's thrown on Seattle since Tom Brady in 2012 and Andre Ellington had a 48-yard touchdown run with 158 remaining. The Cardinals moved three games ahead in the NFC West with a wild 39-32 victory against the Seattle Seahawks last night. Not only was it the most uh, yards they've been thrown on since 2012 but if you take the last six games of the regular season combined last Year they conceded less than the thirty nine points they conceded against the Cardinals wow. last night. This was a wild game of football and so much fun and brilliant. And I'm glad I stayed up for the whole thing because there was a point uh, in the second half where the Cardinals started to lose that lead, and I just I started to enter a little bit of a pit of despair. I don't support either of these teams. And yet, I was so desperate for them to do well this year, the Cardinals. I'm loving Mm. watching them play. I love the old man mentality. Fitzgerald getting the blocks up front and getting the big yardage. Oh, it's just so much fun to watch them. And, yeah, I've been loving them, and so I would have been really disappointed.
1: You highlighted a turning point in the game, and actually it was quite a serious uh, incident that happened. And it's something that I was with um, a a guy that has covered rugby for the last 12 years, a guy that's watched a tonne of football... An ambulance came onto the field. Why, why did that happen, Will? Uh,
0: well, just to say before this incident, to give you an idea, uh, before this happened, the Cardinals, I think, were 22 and, uh, nine up, something along those lines. Uh, they, uh, they before their first touchdown drive, they'd already had 12 minutes of possession to the, the Seahawks four minutes. They had eight first downs to the Seahawks one. They were dominant, but, Carson Palmer threw a stupid pick in the end zone, which he uh, when he tried to force the ball into double coverage. When it's you're being double covered by KJ Wright and Earl Thomas, that's probably a stupid play to make. They were uh, um, the, the Seahawks were then fortunate to not get a safety because it was ruled that uh, Russell Wilson was outside the tackle box when he threw the ball, intentional grounding in the end zone. But because it didn't reach the line of scrimmage, it should have counted anyway. Then the Cardinals did get a field goal, and then they got a safety to move up to five. It was just a really bizarre opening to the game, but. The Seahawks were managed to control time possession. because Johnson was doing well up front, that like we've seen all year. I mentioned Fitzgerald and his blocking. But such a huge part of that has been the signing in this off-season of Mikey Yapati from the uh, 49ers. He's probably the best run-blocking right guard in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think you'd put him and uh, uh, um Yonder from um the Ravens probably as your two guards if you wanted to block against the run uh, and have... An all pro type uh, line. And he went down with what looked like a, a serious neck injury. Now, first of all, we should say that he uh, is fine. He went to hospital, had the MRI, flew back with the team. All fantastic news. An ambulance came on and this game went on for ages. It was, didn't finish until 5.30 in the morning. And this injury was part of it. the moment he went out of the game they could not protect carson palmer whatsoever Uh, and you've got to give love to the seahawks this isn't just because the cardinals lost a key member of their team but the seahawks exploited that in a massive way they started bringing rushes of four five guys blitzing a lot more often uh when guys when when the guards would go to the outside to try and double team the edge rushers uh, of which they are so good obviously michael bennett had a big game um then they'd come up, they'd blaze up the middle. When they tried to cover the middle, the edge rushers would come in through the B gap and ignore the A gap. It was just, they were absolutely decimated. And Carlson Palmer, they couldn't run the ball. And then Carlson Palmer got strip-sacked twice on consecutive possessions, giving up the ball for... Uh, he actually made the tackle, And but they uh, we had a one-yard touchdown run. And then giving up the ball again for what ended up being a direct mm. uh, run in touchdown. Uh, they went for a two-point conversion, which left them still... Um, Uh, a couple of points behind uh, uh, of the Cardinals. And at that point, it really looked like the Seahawks were going to dominate that second half and beat them. And then we just saw two of the gutsiest 80-yard drives I've ever seen in my life. And it is genuinely comparable to Tom Brady in the Super Bowl last year, where he was down big in the fourth quarter, he knew what he had to do. Carlson Palmer, there were a couple of fortunate penalties, but the Seahawks were not disciplined enough on the night In on the whole And Andre Ellington running in the touchdown to win the game on the sideline with Drew Stanton absolutely losing the proverbial poo was incredible. An amazing moment. And the Cardinals, this was the the statement game which made you think the Cardinals can be a Super Bowl team. That's how excited I was by this game. Well, yeah, exactly.
1: Because what it was, they, they went, they lost a big lead they went down they had a massive uh injury none of, i guess none of the team really knew what was going on with the party and uh kudos to uh the the seahawks guys as well and the and the crowd because they knew how serious it it kind of looked you, a big big uh american ambulance a uh, brilliant vehicles by the way coming onto the field
0: <laughs> hashtag vehicle watch <laughs>
1: yeah uh, but uh to come back the way that they did and look if the seahawks had won that That could have been the catalyst for the Seahawks to, to, to come back at the, at the Cardinals. So it was so key that Carson Palmer put those fumbles away from his mind, Mm -hmm. um, to, to get. Uh, to get his team back into it. Real leader. I, I, I just loved everything and, about and, it. And the
0: impact of Michael Floyd had a great night, two touchdowns, yep. uh, you know, he was brilliant. Larry John Fitzgerald Brown. had a hundred. But then Jerome Brown came in when Michael Floyd pulled his hamstring and had three or four really key catches on those last two drives. Did you see so- the one
1: that popped up and he just sort of, snagged and that was that whole thing
0: he's only a little fella jeron brown as well up against two of the biggest safeties yeah. in the league and he got up and won that ball uh, just so many heads up plays and it typified that their whole their that whole day mm-hmm. really for them it was
1: it, we can wax lyrical about it but <laughs> and which we're doing but it was such an
0: amazing game uh we should also mention i mean the, the, we, as we say we are going on a bit about this game but it was so we'll we'll probably do three or four games in some depth like this, and then gloss over some of the other stuff. Sorry, do you guys, mean a bit but... like
1: the uh, the BBC highlight? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, a little bit like that, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but we need to talk about the Seahawks' side of the ball. Um, their line in early on in the game was dreadful. They gave up the plays for both of those safeties. But uh, I think there's real concern, and what I'm, I'm quite pleased that Collinsworth also got in on this as well on the broadcast, and people were talking about it on Twitter. But Wilson, whilst not regressing to the level of say Luck has this season is starting to allow the poor player of that line to affect his own play and his own poise. And he looks like, and don't get me wrong, nowhere near as bad, but when Kaepernick started to have that trail off, where he... Because Russell was a much better quarterback than mm. Colin Kaepernick. But just as the comparison, it's all kind of in the head. And he's scrambling so early. He's making one read, seeing a bit of pass rush and immediately scrambling. And there was a play actually. He made a really fantastic heads up play to set up the field goal, which nearly brought them back into the game. Of course, Larry Fitzgerald, who else caught the onside kick and that killed it off. But he made one particularly heads up play in that drive where he put his head back on straight. The pass rush came. He stepped up in the pocket and made a bullet throw down the middle. And that is what we need. he needs to be doing more of, instead of scrambling around. And we love watching him extend plays, and we know he can do stuff with his feet. And two or three times a game, he makes an incredible play by doing it. But we're not talking about the two or three times a game where he loses big yardage, where he throws the ball away, where he, where he it has a negative effect on his team. And... That's a real concern for the Seahawks. They're now at four and five. They've given up fourth quarter leagues, mm. leads five times this season. All of their losses, they've led in the fourth quarter. That's not a good position to be in. They're fortunate in that their next run of games, they've got the 49ers at home next weekend. That's five and five. They've got the Steelers home the weekend after. That's potentially six and five. It's a difficult game to call at this point. We need to see how Big Ben does coming back. He came back this weekend and was ridiculous. But it's a bye week, so the Steelers could come back off the bye, yeah. be amazing. But say they manage to beat the Steelers, go six and five actually the last six games down the stretch for them from what i remember and i'm just looking it up now this is a man live googling uh, (laughs) and also very quickly has seen very very winnable i think they're away at the vikings for one game but then other than that they've got the browns the ravens uh the rams and the cardinals again so this team could still go nine and seven ten and six still make a wild card place but they're in trouble yeah they are
1: in trouble and it again russell wilson what he was doing um the previous two seasons was his scrambling was was creating the plays and um was successful what we're seeing and it, if you look even if you just look at his stats 14 out of 32 completions he's less than 500 on completions and that's cuz he's running about the whole time and teams are cottoned on to this and um it, it, they're making it that more difficult for him to be a factor when he's throwing the ball and that means when he's rushing he's no longer that much of a factor either the the Seahawks offense is in big trouble Jimmy Graham is not getting the ball he's not the kind of guy that I hoped and I really thought I believed that that he was going to change that offense and they would be a real um difference they they would be a real difference in uh in 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 the NFC and they're not they're an also ran
0: yeah Absolutely. Very well said, sir. Uh The card just... We'll do a later show in the week, obviously, previewing the weekend. Um, we had Josh Norman on the last one. We're hoping for another big interview coming this Friday. Uh, similar sort of size of interview, similar sort of... Let's just say a team with a similar record as well. Uh But next weekend, Sunday night game. Cardinals at Bengals. The Ginger Bowl. That is going to be Whoa. a hell of a Sunday night game. Been flexed into there uh, for the late game, so... Great flex. Uh, if you still can... Book Monday off work, stay up and watch that one live. This one was so good last night In such a compelling game, and I can only imagine next weekend's... And there's so many storylines. Yeah. Uh, Carson Palmer returning to the Bengals, the team where obviously he suffered that horrible injury in the playoffs, uh, I ju- uh, that led to that potential Super Bowl winning team ending up falling to the Steelers. They went on to win that Super Bowl, Pittsburgh. So many great storylines, so much great play between these teams, and... and we can't say at the moment because of the uh, cause of the Bengals' Monday Night Football, but they're probably facing a 9-0 and team. Yeah, yeah. And, and we forgot to do Monday Night Football, Ollie.
1: <laughs> well, let's talk we'll, about that now. We were
0: so excited about <laughs> doing Cardinal Seahawks. Uh, we will get on to do all the rest of the weekend games now, but let's quickly uh, look at the Bengals hosting the Texans. That's happening tonight, and as per usual, I'll record a little, little something something tomorrow morning. Wow, what a result on Monday Night Football. No one any of us expected and one that Ollie is going to roundly mock by accident in about two or three minutes' time. So we'll run through that in just a moment. But quickly, to kick off, there have been a couple of bit- bits of news since we did the podcast. Later on, we're going to talk about Rob Ryan and the fact that he was on the cusp of being fired as we recorded this podcast. It now has been confirmed by the team. Uh, Sean Payton saying we didn't like the direction we were going in. Well, that's very much a downward trend. We'll get onto that in a little while. And later- and we slag off Nick Foles as well. It looks like Case Keenum is going to be starting for the St. Louis Rams. Nick Foles uh, benched. He still owed 7.75 million by the team, of course picked up in the big trade this off season with uh, for um, Sam Bradford with the Eagles uh, and uh, we did ask on Twitter you guys who you thought won that trade uh, the general response is James Simpson said neither so I asked well if you had to uh, take who would you have Foles plus the picks or Bradford he said uh, it's it decided between the two means your team doesn't have a starter I don't think Foles in NFL QB but I think Bradford can be however the pick would be the most valuable thing in this case St. Louis to get a, t- a 2016 second rounder to get a new QB with David Houses. Uh, Josh Hunter says the winner of this trade is the Giants, Cowboys, Washington 49 Seahawks and Cardinals. And James Fernie says the tax man can't think of anyone else. Overall on the vote, 63% of you went for the Eagles. Uh, but I think when you consider the pick as well, I probably slightly side with the Rams, even though Foles has been terrible this year. Again, we get on to that in a little while. So let's talk about the Monday night football as the Texans bring the Cincinnati Bengals perfect season to an abrupt ending and TJ Yates, who knocked them out of the playoffs in 2012, continues to kill off the Bengals. He took over from Brian Hoyer, who sustained a concussion and rallied the Houston Texans to a 10-6 and victory over the Bengals giving them their first loss uh, The touchdown pass is well worth a watch for, uh, uh, for DeAndre Hopkins. Ball over the top one armed left-handed grab did brilliantly to stay in bounds, so it's well worth going back to watch that. The story from the other side Dalton had a tough game against the Texans Jackson's defense was hit a fair few number of times. AJ Green fumbled after a catch with forty seconds left. But the biggest story for me is that Tyler Eifert, who came into this game with just three drops through the first eight games of the season, dropped three key passes in the second half, mo in fact two of them in the fourth quarter, and just killed the game off of the Bengals. So they weren't good enough on the day. This was an unexpected loss, and it really adds something even more to to that game next weekend as they have to uh as the they have to play the cardinals on sunday night football so we will preview that a little bit later we'll get into all of that a little bit later on as well so just a quick take on the game we spend almost no time talking about a 10 and 6 game later on so we shouldn't spend too much time talking about this one thank you and uh, let's send it back to the studio
1: they lost to the texans no that did not
0: happen well maybe it did maybe it did we'll uh, we'll never know well we will know in about
1: but you and i don't know right now exactly
0: clever the cardinals did everything they could to try and throw a game away but then came up big late on sorry the one final note i did have from that game Tyrion matthew what a ridiculous player that guy is turning into uh, but another team who managed to do everything they could do to lose a game, and actually did lose the game, with the boys in blue in New York last night. A Stephen Gostkowski, 54-yard field goal with a second remaining on Sunday, kept the New England Patriots unbeaten with a 27-26 victory over the Giants. Josh Brown had made his fourth field goal at the game with one forty seven remaining, and who would bet against Tom Brady to move that team into field goal range 44 yards covering, with including a fourth and 10 on the series, which genuinely looked like it might be an issue. Danny Amandola came up big in that spot, stepping in for the sadly injured Julian Incredibleman. It looks like he won't be back until the playoffs. Do you, uh, do you owe me an apology? I didn't break his leg. No. I can't think what else you're talking about. So, okay. uh, the Giants now five and five, uh, given the Patriots all sorts of problems over the year, two Super Bowl wins as well as the win in New England in 2011? i can't remember when something it was. like that some point in the last 10 years uh but seriously this game was the giants to take and they couldn't do it and it was a dis- disappointing loss it was a really disappointing loss in fact i was absolutely gutted
1: gutted when they'd lost this but the giants really really pushed the,
0: the patriots and showed that the patri- patriots are beatable I think what's interesting is that the Patriots this year... We've said that about a few teams have shown the way to do it, but the Patriots have basically boat-raced absolutely everyone they've played so far this year. This was the first time we've seen a team really step up their play against the Super Bowl champions to a level where they took them the distance. We've seen teams give them problems in the first half. The adjustments have sorted that out. Uh, amazing stat. The Beckham 76-yard 70, uh, touchdown, 82-yard touchdown, something like that. I'm getting him and Gron- Gronkowski's the wrong way round, which makes this stat annulled. But that's the biggest play against a Bill Belichick coach team ever. What? In 278 games, the biggest play Bill Belichick has ever conceded. That's utterly ridiculous. Malcolm Butler had a brilliant get- day. Um He broke up the Odell Beckham catch, which may have been a catch, may not have been a catch, in the end zone for a touchdown. For me, I have to say, he's got two hands, he's got control, and both feet touch the ground. Well, we saw one of those given... um it's in very a, in a
1: different game. It's which very it similar was to the given. lions. It's
0: very similar to the lions' one a couple of weeks ago for yeah. Golden Tate. Very, very similar. Um, this needs to be clarified as soon as possible. Mike Carlson's going to be writing a big article on the catch rule for the next Gridiron magazine. And I think we're going to get him into the studio and chat catch rule and everything else at wow. some point over the next couple of weeks. Big fan of Iron Mike, so that'll be good fun. Um, but the the Giants at the end, they had clock management issues earlier in the season. They managed to get rid of those, and then. Coughlin just not running the ball when they had about 2.07 left and throwing the ball. The second throw was fine on the second down because it was going to hit the two minute warning anyway. So of course you throw that and try and make the play and try and make the touchdown. But not mm. running the ball before that allowed Belichick to take another timeout before the two minute wa- before the uh, field goal was kicked, gave the Patriots the extra 40 seconds. That was enough to get them into field goal range. That's what killed the game for the Giants. It just shows you it, what a game of fine margins it is. Did
1: they, was it a bit of prevent defense? Or was it, was it just really Tom Brady managed using all of his experience and skill? Yeah, uh, there was that get... kind of,
0: I, well, the, I mean, the Giants have play, tried to play with that bend, don't break mentality this whole season and they've not really managed it. <laughs> they've got a lot of takeaways, but they've also given up a lot of scoring plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big problem for the Patriots, I think, is no Dion Lewis. James White came in, did some bits had a couple of catches, nothing particularly impressive. Uh, Amandola stepped up in a big way, particularly on that fourth of ten, but I'm sorry, he's not Julian Edelman. Uh, but then Julian Edelman was not Wes Welker, and he's been this impressive this year. They've got their top three tackles all out. Brady's won Super Bowls with bad teams, but the Patriots are losing players at the wrong time, and... With still to face the uh, Bro- uh, Brock Osweiler Broncos team. Sorry, I can't keep a straight face when saying that. Uh, but with the Patriots, I-, I think they'll lose this season. I think they'll probably go fifteen and one. They'll probably get they'll get the, f- the buy whether they'll be the home team or not depends on how the Bengals do down the stretch. But yeah, it's um, it- it's concern is when they get to the playoffs and play good teams for four consecutive three yeah. or four consecutive yeah. weeks. I mean, the w- the one caveat is that LeGarrette
1: Blount has scored seven touchdowns in five games. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, they lost Lewis, but they do have that sort of north south um, power back power back which they've got. And um, yeah, uh, uh, I've Pats fans. You'll you'll <laughs> you'll obviously you'll make the playoffs, but it's just whether they will be uh, undefeated or not. And uh, yeah, I'm with you. Well, I think they might go 14 and two or 15 and one.
0: Uh, I mentioned him already Brock Osweiler into the game in the third quarter after Peyton Manning broke the all-time passing yards record in literally the saddest way anyone's ever done it.
1: It's Brock Oclock though.
0: <laughs> uh Peyton Manning threw a 4-yard uh, pass to yay! break the all-time passing record. And then he only threw 31 more for the rest of the game. But he threw four interceptions as the Denver Broncos went down to the Kansas City Chiefs, twenty-nine How to many? thirteen. Twenty-nine. To no, four? no, no. The other thing you said. Four. Just four interceptions. He threw four interceptions, which, by the way, puts him up to seventeen for the season. Stafford and Luck are in joint second place with twelve. Whoa. Hey guys, it's Devin Sam here from LucasAid
1: Sports Podcast running the show. Check out this week's episode where we get to meet the one
0: and only Anthony Joshua. Oh my goodness, do you think he wants to be friends with us now? Uh yeah, mean, he, he told me that he wants to link up and have a bit of sparring. Yeah, sure he did. So head to all your podcast
1: providers and click subscribe. Now also get in touch with us at LucasAidSport Sport using the hashtag Running the Show. You will not regret it.
0: uh it, he had five completions four interceptions okay i've just
1: seen the first five yards just seen the first one threw into triple coverage
0: yeah th- this is <laughs> this is the problem these weren't bad throws in terms of his arm strength that was the concern earlier in the year is that he couldn't make the throws anymore but some of these throws were just bad throws the josh malga interception is a is just uh, he there's a zone defense and he just doesn't see the guy yeah he just uh, this is meant to be the best cerebral quarterback of all time and he just doesn't see him absolutely shocking um oh my goodness i've just seen the third one that's incredible I like, the, I like that you're watching this live. This yeah. is good. Uh, Gary Kubiak has come out since the game and said he should have benched him before the game, but let him go because he wanted to go. We know he's gonna miss this Sunday's game. We know that Brock Osweiler will take over for that. <laughs> he's got, got a foot injury. One. Uh, just, uh, the, the Chiefs now though. So the Broncos, I, I tweeted out something along the lines of the, how many uh, takeaways would the Broncos defense have, they got, have if they got to face Peyton Manning every week? But they definitely did struggle without DeMarcus Ware and without to lead. Both those guys should be back this weekend. You feel like the Broncos defense, I mean, they're going to the playoffs. The Broncos defense will carry them there, no problem. Can they carry them through the playoffs? Is Brock Osweiler the guy to do it? Will Manning come back in a couple of weeks fully fit after resting? I mean, maybe Manning comes back for like week 16, 17 and looks good and Brock Osweiler carries them through that period and actually the Broncos win the Super Bowl. But uh, you just, based on his play at the moment, there's no way they can do it. The Chiefs. Well, do you know, three in a row reason- for them houston said to you we asked them do you think you can go go back to the playoffs they're now in a position where they are uh up to four and five they are in the very much in the wild card race and you'd suggest that their play is probably only being bettered by the Steelers for teams who are in the race for the wild card position they're on form um they are looking really good they've still got a load of games to play at arrowhead as well I think they're too consistently settling for field goals, even though you love a good Santos... Uh, Don't you dare. ...viewing. Shanto- Shantosh. I would say he's in the top five
1: kickers of the NFL right now.
0: <laughs> well, let's not go too far, buddy, and get all... Let's get hysterical. Uh, <laughs> to the bank. <laughs> um, just Alex. Just Alan. Uh, 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 that's a new one. Uh, we haven't played that in yet. We need to explain it first, but I'm just going to leave it in there for you. Sh- Shikandrick West has been super... This has been pretty pretty shocking. Gary tweeted us asking, with Peyton Manning beat up and out for a while, do you think he regrets playing this season? Not a chance. He
1: only played so that he would get that record. Sure. I don't think he'll play again.
0: You think we've seen the full-on end of Peyton Manning? I think that's it. Wow. Hysterical... I think he comes back for the playoff run. That's my belief. I I, think he,
1: I will have a beer bet with you that that is it for Peyton. I, I significantly. think significantly.
0: Peyton, Peyton, okay. Wh- how much does he have to pay? Because they blatantly bling, br- bling him in, bling him in. They blatantly bring him in f- at the end of the week seventeen game in front. Are they at home in week seventeen? I can't remember, but they bring him in at the end of the last home game. The fans do a big applaud for him. It's the last snap of Peyton Manning's career. They do a whole and then thing. Then that's it. How, does he have to so?
1: You I think don't think he'll start
0: another game f- in his NFL career. I will take a beer bet that he starts another game in his NFL career. Put it on the bar! Excellent work, sir. So let's move from one that... A game that people saw as a bit of a shock. I actually picked the Chiefs, but whatever, mate. Um To a game that very much was a shock. Oh. The first win for the Detroit Lions in Green Bay in their last 25 tries. They haven't won there since 1991. And now you never have to hear that... F- snat again, because <laughs> to suggest that that was over talked about this weekend would be a massive understatement. Uh, the Detroit, oh, mate, the Detroit, uh, Matthew Stafford threw for two touchdowns as the Detroit Lions stopped a 24 game losing streak and held on for an 18 to 16 victory despite the late blunder by Calvin Johnson. Mason Crosby missed a 52 yard field goal. And when I mean missed, I mean whiffed a 52 yard field goal. Everyone was convinced it was blocked. The replay show it wasn't. It was just a complete miss kick. He bottled it. Cairo Santos
1: wouldn't have missed it.
0: And there you go, with 31 seconds Cairo in green. The Detroit Lions moved to two and seven. They stopped Green Bay on a two-point conversion after Aaron Rodgers hit Justin Perillo. Who? With an 11-yard touchdown pass on the previous drive. Stafford threw for 242 yards for the league-worst Lions. Oh... The team reeling following mid-season firings and a terrible performance in london the packers three on a bounce slip to six and three now ollie uh we can talk about the game itself uh would you like me to give my assessment of aaron Rodgers, or would you like to give yours because no, yeah. i feel like yours you, you might get a bit to- a bit bit emotional you give me yours man this should have been the game for green bay to turn it around tom Clements' play calling was terrible rogers missed throws and there were big drops for cobb for Jones early on. Devontae Adams through the first quarter looked excellent. Then he only managed 79 yards on 10 catches for 21 targets. No running game whatsoever. James Starks under three yards per carry. Rogers' plays earlier this season were as ridiculous as they come. He makes the throws that no one else, and I mean no one else in the league can make. Don't forget your Tom Brady's. Forget your Peyton Manning's when he's fit. Even forget your Jay Cutler's.
1: Yeah. and <laughs> you know what <laughs> and those kind of plays were the things that were keeping uh, Green Bay in games and winning games those those across his shoulder across the field the incredible things that he was doing the game management but you can't keep that standard up no matter if you're the best quarterback in the league or one of the best you can't keep that going they um... cu- finally caught up with him and what he doesn't have is Tom Clements As as, um, as his play calling has been conservative not good enough and not good enough to beat teams when Aaron Rodgers needs a, a little bit of assistance. Um The crossing routes for wide receivers, the, the wide receivers getting them open. The uh, wide receivers coach—I don't know who it is—needs to have a uh, have a look at himself up at Green Bay. Um There are a lot of things that are going wrong. I think Mike McCarthy taking himself off. I'm, I'm sorry, I've interrupted you, but Mike. No, Mike, no, no. You need McCarthy, to get this out, mate. This Mike is... McCarthy taking himself off play calling duties and actually not putting himself back on during this game i know we put on a headset i wonder if it was for a bit of monitoring seeing what was going on i wouldn't i would be surprised if mike mccarthy uh in if not next week but maybe the week after is not back on offensive play the, calling. the, the
0: play calling in the nfc championship game cost you that game Right? And I think he was, I and, think, and he's I think he was reading from it. I think, I think he was right to pull himself off duties after that game. He needs to get back on it. You've got the Vikings next week. Huge game. Massive. That becomes an absolute must win game. You have to win that game to pull level with the Vikings at the top of the division. That is crazy. Uh, Detroit desperately tried to throw the game away as well. Two missed PATs despite being perfect on field goals this season, Matt Prater. <laughs> yeah. Ten for ten on field goals. You lost the offside kick. Uh, I just, just all in all, it's, it's kind of how did uh, Green Bay not win this? How, there's, there's. Uh, 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 let me let me tell you what people have said to us on Twitter. Yeah. Jamie has tweeted asking what black magic is responsible for Andy Dalton and Aaron Rodgers having a body swap. Uh, I believe that it's specifically the same black magic used in the popular Lindsay Lohan film Freaky Friday. Uh, it's a remake. I don't remember who's in the original. Uh, Will I asked still on, think Aaron Rodgers? Is Aaron Rodgers. And
1: if you if if you're watching him. He's so frustrated, perhaps with himself,
0: perhaps with some of the team, and he's uh, almost, he doesn't really know what to do. uh... Will asks on Twitter, is Ollie Hunter okay?" I expect he's never had to deal with three losses in a row. I initially thought this was a nice tweet, and then I read on. uh, Asking, what have you turned to in order to cope? I'm a Queen's Park Rangers fan. Of course I've dealt with uh, three (laughs) losses in a row.
1: We're a terrible soccer team, football team.
0: Um, You can also get in touch with us in a long-form version. Ooh you can get in touch with us on the email gridironpod at gmail.com adam has done exactly that and his rant is about this game and i'm just going to do it in full so let me take a deep breath I hated the idea of the new extra point rule when it came in. I'm in the minority, I realise that, but we nearly had a massive result decided by a kicker on Sunday, and this is my fear. I want to see games decided by offences and defences, maybe a little special teams here and there, but Green Bay should never have come close to coming back against Detroit. The Lions missed two extra points in that game, which would have put the Packers out of the game, but instead there was nearly a ridiculous outcome that never should have been possible. Now, there are those who are going to say that an automatic extra point is boring. It is. But what it should be it's what it should be well, why not just give seven for a touchdown then there will be a big game where it goes wrong because of this in December, in the playoffs, even the Super Bowl can Ollie cope with the idea that Green Bay could be seven points down in an NFC Championship game Aaron Rodgers takes him down the field in the last minute scores a touchdown then Crosby doesn't convert the extra point it's going to happen. Now, first of all, it's, uh, probably going, it's going to happen if he kicks anything like he kicked that, that game, that, uh, attempted game winning field goal last night. But I've got to say, Adam, you said you're in the minority. I couldn't be more in disagreement because do you know what? You're the Lions. You're the worst team in football right now. And I mean that. You're worse than the 49ers. You're worse than the Titans. You're worse than any of those other teams that we've slanked off over the recent weeks. Maybe not the Browns,
1: but we'll you're see. worse than the Bears. Yeah,
0: <laughs> quite a lot He's seems worse than the Bears yeah. right now. Um, And you've gone into Lambo and you're in a position where you're potentially going to lead. You've missed a PAT already. You know that another PAT puts you into f- uh, where you're 10 points ahead. But a two-point conversion puts you out of the two-score range. Why not go for it on two? You know it's not an automatic PAT anymore. The point of this is to make teams go for it on two more often. If they'd gone for two, they probably would have converted it. You convert it 50% of the time. Statistically, it's actually over 50% of the time. That's why it's in there, to make the games more excited. Adam, I'm sorry. I love you, my friend, but you're wrong. Hey, he's, he's wrong on so many levels as well. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. If the game is called football... Uh, and that ec- encompasses everything, and that includes kickers.
0: Yeah, slagging off special teams in general is wrong, because I love a good special team. Oh, game. who doesn't? Um, the the thing is, it. Look at that Broncos Colts game. Well, the Broncos came into it thanks to that special teams touchdown just before half time. How much better did that get, that make that game if you're a neutral? What, well, also,
1: the whole kicking for goal thing, we've got field goals. Yeah. Games are decided
0: constantly. By a field goal being made or not made. We've seen more than one game this weekend decided by a game-winning field goal. Well, in fact... Two games. Including this game, which technically was decided by a missed game-winning field goal, three games. Yeah, exactly. And that's the
1: whole point of football. It's down to every single aspect your 53-man roster, the way those 11 guys play on the field for every single snap, and it could be uh, bad blocking on your field goal by your field goal unit, a bad hold, a, a muffed kick like Mason Crosby did. I mean, that's what it is. That's what it comes down to, Adam. And uh, I couldn't be more wrong with you. Uh, more that's wrong bull- with
0: you. Football. Yeah. That's bull. Yeah. Football. Yeah yeah it is uh sorry adam i feel a little bit bad we've gone off on you then but, um, but we do love you adam you're one of my favorites <laughs> uh and congratulations on your newborn oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we, we're we sorry we have been really horrible uh we should talk about uh one of those uh, the the other game decided by Phil goals but let's uh let's get to that we haven't even talked about the other undefeated team in the league yet and at the moment for me the carolina panthers are the team playing the best football in the league right I'm going to get some stick from that for pass. Well, where's time? your hysterical thing there? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're a
1: disgrace.
0: You're the AFC South. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, that's the <laughs> <a> wrong one. <laughs> there
0: we go. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Cam Newton completed his first 11 consecutive passes, the longest streak of his career and undefeated Carolina, shut out Tennessee in the second half of a 27 to 10 victory. Panthers extended their league's best winning streak to 13 games as Newton ran for a touchdown and passed for another score. Uh, the, in terms of the play on the field, Newton 21 for 26, ridic- ridiculously efficient. Uh, they have 20 consecutive games with 100 rushing yards at the first time in 25 years. That a team has done that in the NFL. Wow. And different run plays you have to scheme for. They stretch, they run up the gut, they run draw plays, end arounds, design QB runs. They are a great football team. They are a great football team, Will. And they're so exciting to watch it in
1: all of those. And what also have you got? You've got that defence. Friend of the show, Josh Norman playing, still playing <laughs> lights out. All those other guys. Luke Coochley. Uh, how do you say his name? Keekley. That's it. Luke Keekley I'll forget next time. <laughs> it's this year's Jameis Winston. Oh. <laughs> but uh, you know what the, the Panthers are great to watch
0: and yeah, and for the Titans you know we gave a lot of love to Mariota last week he was playing against a Rob Ryan New done. Orleans Saints defense uh there's that Japanese impression again we'll come to that in a little while uh, he looked excellent in the first half in the second half six drives an interception three punts and a fumble that's five drives I miscounted but you know what I mean <laughs> but the thing that everyone wants to talk about from this game is Cam Newton Tom tweets us asking anyone else dislike the end zone preening by cam newton wait till you've actually won something cam i don't i loved it yeah
1: me too because i, uh, I we, we love cam don't uh, we? Absolutely. i mean we're we're full on the cam train <laughs> and uh we, i think it it's all a part of again going a bit back to 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 adam but it's all a part of football you're allowed to celebrate what he did is he uh, if anyone hasn't seen it i think he was sacked
0: uh, and, um. Well, that let's do. We have to say the Titans pass rush. Five sacks on the day against a, a line that particularly the interior of the Panthers line has been brilliant this year. That's why they've been able to run the ball so well. So the Titans have done, uh, have done superbly to get five sacks on the day, but. Cam Newton was sacked. Uh I can't remember uh, by
1: whom. Um but uh, there was a little dance, a little kind of a shuffle that was done as in it celebration. Was, it, Te- it, players
0: it, are allowed to celebrate. It was Avery Williamson. Avery Williamson. He it was a, a joint sack with Bass.
1: Line of course. Linebacker Avery Williamson. Uh he, he did a little dance. Uh, fair enough you do a dance. Whatever you sacked Cam Newton. You're up against the the team they're 8 and zero at the moment. Well done Avery. Go for it. But Then when Cam uh, Newton scored a touchdown, rushing it in, he did a a bit of a a,
2: a
0: dance himself, a little shuffle himself. The Titans did not like that one. No, in second year, Avery Williams came down and tried to shut down Cam's dance. And there was a little moment when he got in his face, where Cam continued dancing. Yeah, it. I and love it, that the handbags. It, it briefly became like a rap battle or they something like that. They should have made like a that. dance off. Oh, a dance off would have been
1: great. It would have been amazing. <laughs> and the, the refs all all leaving it a bit like in hockey. And then
0: when it got a bit <laughs> out of hand, <laughs> they, of they all of go in. Up, it was a dance <laughs> off. Yeah. Amazing. So I, I genuinely have no problem with it whatsoever. But other people obviously do dislike it. If you dislike it, let us know at Iron on twitter do you know what cam said
1: go on cam said i'm a firm believer if you don't like it keep me out <laughs> of the end zone I, I mean of course keep him out of the end zone if you don't like it i
0: feel try. like this has been a very passionate podcast today yeah i love it I, I feel like it's a shame that we're gonna have to now uh, lock down some games which weren't so exciting uh, but let's, oh no, actually there's still a couple of games involving, uh, involving playoff teams. Let's start off with, we mentioned they're gonna be playing Green Bay next week. Well, Adrian Peterson and the Vikings ran wild in Oakland on Sunday night. Peterson, 203 yards and a touchdown in his record tying sixth career 200-yard game. Uh, Cordell Patterson returned a 97-yard kick return, and the Vikings took sole possession of first place in the NFC North, beating the Raiders by 30 points to 14. Uh, my biggest takeaway from this game, I mean, he tied OJ Simpson for the most 200-yard games, Peterson on uh, target for 1,800 yards this year. We've talked so much about Devonta Freeman, we've talked so much about Todd Gurley, he's having a ridiculous year.
1: Yeah, it's just solid production, year on year, uh, sorry, week on week, and... That also means that the Titans can then um, sorry the Vikings can then uh, pr- put pressure on other parts of the ball or um, not have to rely on it. A- Teddy
0: Bridgewater, who I still don't think is is well, elite, but you know what I mean. Derek Carr was the better course back today. Yeah, his deep ball, both the accuracy and power, is fantastic. Uh, Greg cosell joined us in the off season and talked talk, to us about Teddy Bridgewater's uh, mechanics. He compared his throwing style to like a waiter holding a plate, like a very yeah. flat hand, which means a very flat release, mm-hmm. um, and that can cause issues when you're throwing the ball deep. I mean, Mike Wallace is one of the worst fits in the league. None of the receivers had over 45 yards. They didn't get Stefan Diggs going again, but their defence is phenomenal. Linville Joseph is having a brilliant season. That young linebacking core, uh, all those draft picks they've picked up, loving the Vikings on defence. And when you've got Adrian Peterson running the ball for, you know, averaging 150 odd yards a game, and when you've got a defence playing as well as that Vikings defence are playing, they're... I really thought that they were a case of a team who had run the table of bad teams and now and now they were going to have to go into, uh, into Oakland, who are a team we like, then face the Packers at home, go to the Falcons, home to the Seahawks, at the Cardinals. You know, that run of five games, I was saying if they come away with two wins out of that, they're a playoff team. I wouldn't be surprised to see them come away with three wins.
1: Yeah, uh, it's a great time to be playing the Packers at the moment. Uh, things not going well for them. Uh, the Falcons are a Jekyll and high team no i hope really their bye knows. weeks come at the right time yeah. i love
0: watching the falcons play on offense but they've been bad the last few weeks
1: uh, and again with the seahawks you don't know what's going to happen with them yeah they could conceivably come out of that with three four even four wins
0: i've not given them the respect they deserve this year the vikings i don't they're, they're a playoff team
1: me either uh, that defense you're right has really stepped up Was captain munilin um harrison smith chad
0: greenway as well xavier rhodes it's, but, it's by the way, re- that, that does mean the Vikings next season go five and eleven because that's what the Vikings do. They put together a playoff worthy team, they go to the playoff, and then they play terribly the following season. Yeah, You're right. It's uh, what they've done for some time now. It's what they'll probably do again. Sorry, Vikings fans. Uh Let's rattle through these last few games then, because we've uh, gone on for a little while. But we can't not talk about the end of the Jacksonville Jaguars game as the Jags came out victorious against the Baltimore Ravens, twenty two and twenty. The AFC South is alive. Did we name the division of the grace too early maybe probably not it could be the nfc north <laughs> but <laughs> um but the jacksonville jaguars came out with the winners over the baltimore ravens jason Myers kicked a 53 yard field goal after jacksonville got an extra play why after the clock had run down so basically jacksonville got the ball back after uh, uh, the ravens had taken the lead with a fi- lead with a field goal they drove down the field uh, completed a pass uh, that was kept in bounds uh, bortles had to had to Spike the ball. They had two seconds left. The ball was snapped. The snap was high. <gasps> Bortles kind of, he, he held on to the snap, but it wasn't clean. The clock had hit zero. he spikes the ball there and then. Game over. Game over. So he reeled back ready to try and throw it downfield. The fantastic pass rusher, Elvis, Elvis Dumerville. So he
1: just stepped off him because all you want to do is throw it downfield. Chances for Hail Mary coming off are, are very, very short. So obviously that's what Dumerville did, right?
0: Bortles. Slips. <gasps> Doomerville goes down on top of him, grabs the face mask no! as he goes to the ground. 15 yard penalty. They are currently 12 yards out of field goal range at this point. Puts them into field goal range, gives them an extra play after the clock's gone down because the game can't end on a defensive penalty. They kick the field goal, they win the game. Baltimore, what are you doing? Has that ever, that, that it, must have happened before. It right? is the fourth time. Oof that a game has ended, that has been won, thanks to a defensive penalty. Obviously, you can't end a game on a defensive penalty because the fact is, is that if you knew a team had three seconds left, they needed a touchdown and they were 40 yards out, all you do is get all of your corners of to course, hold would, the yeah. receivers. You just go, just basically rugby tackle them to the ground. We'll get the penalty, but we'll win the game. You can't do that. You get the 15 yards. They get to replay the down. So, uh, in the end, it was a ridiculous ending. Jacksonville, actually, what's ridiculous about this is that this is the worst, I think, Jacksonville have played in about four or five weeks. <laughs> uh, B- Bortles, they've played much, basically, Bortles said, we'd, we've got to turn a corner to be, to winning those tight games. And you take the Texans game a few weeks ago, where they were dominant for three mm. quarters and then just threw it away in the fourth. This is, they, they still didn't play badly. You know, touchdowns to both of the Allens, Allen Hearns and Allen Robinson. And as our friend. Which is the better Delvin Alan, Smith likes to tell us. Just um, Allen it's just alan just, uh. Uh, um <laughs> but uh it's so funny uh baltimore has lost its seven games It's two and seven it's lost its seven games by a combined total of 32 points they are averaging just a 4.5 point loss per game they've been oh. tight in all of them we had a tweet from neil dutton and this actually relates back to your game as well i'm sorry to come back to that one uh, he had a bold prediction that a Super Bowl winning head coach will be fired this off-season. It's not going to be McCarthy. Hashtag Team Harbour, hashtag Team McCarthy. It's not going to be McCarthy. It won't, it won't be Harbour either. That's pack- why it's a bold prediction.
1: Packers don't fire, their, fire head coaches, especially ones that have won a Super Bowl. It won't be McCarthy. McCarthy's going to turn it round. Uh, I don't know about uh, Baltimore.
0: Uh, I don't think they have Harbour s- either. Harbour's had too good a record there. Aussie Newsom's been too good there. Uh, they see how tight the losses have been. That obviously is on their side. They could easily go on a few games winning streak and pick up another four or five wins and not have a terrible season. You know, it, it, it's Baltimore aren't as bad as their record, but they're not a good football team right now. No, they're not. Right, we need to speed round the rest of these games, starting off with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the best backup quarterback performance of all times. Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> with a 30-9 to 9 win over the Browns. Roethlisberger coming off the bench after Landry went down 379 yards and three touchdowns as they overwhelmed the hapless Browns. Sorry, are you on um, first-name terms with... Landry Jones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it's because I knew I'd get it wrong, so I didn't try to. <laughs> you were going to go Jarvis Landry. Uh, who you were knows? thinking it. Uh, Cleveland's D looked really good in the first few weeks of the year, then our hot mess. Johnny Football, 375 yards. That's pretty good. Why well, did
1: you call him Johnny Football? Uh, sorry.
0: It's what I'd written down here. You're an
1: absolute disgrace. Johnny
0: Manziel, uh, 375 <laughs> yards, only nine points. When he's flushed out of the pocket and extends plays, he does something well. But they had no run game. Cleveland Browns are back to being a bad football team again yeah well yeah
1: they are they really are they they, they stopped the steelers uh, from running the ball um, um deangelo williams had a quiet game but it was all about big ben uh, throwing to Basically, the two B's. Uh, Martavis Bryant, 178 <laughs> yards. Who are you calling a B? <laughs> Martavis Bryant, 178 yards of six receptions. It, one of those, well, he could have had even more had he not fumbled, uh, a, a good 50 yard bomb from, uh, from Ben Russelsberger. And then Antonio Brown, uh, 10, re- 10 receptions, 139 yards, two touchdowns. Martavis Bryant had one one of the the, the touchdowns from uh, Antonio Brown uh, catching it and then uh, down the middle and then breaking out to the left and into the end zone a somersault which he landed on his feet it was incredible uh, the the game caller at the time said he's a a one team wrecking ball Uh, I love watching the Pittsburgh Steelers play.
0: Ben Ben Roethlisberger (laughs) asks, Dave Cheeseman asks on Twitter, which team has the best backup quarterback? Uh, He goes on to say something else, we'll get on to it in a moment. The San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Obviously, Drew Stanton.
1: Oh, of course it is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Both on, the, both on his level of play. He's a, he's a, a decent level quarterback. You know, he did well when he came in last year and, and won them games. But, uh, uh, there's one guy it's not. And he points this out as well. Please don't say it's Mr. Mark loves an interception Sanchez. Because the Eagles blew a two touchdown lead at home and their court and their quarterback. Well, no, they lost a two touchdown lead and they lost their quarterback with a great chance to move clear in the NFC East. This is why I asked if we'd gone disgrace too early. Uh, Sanchez comes in, throws a red zone interception, kills the game off, and the Eagles lose 20-19 to to the Miami Dolphins. Not great. No, uh, they had blocked punts, missed field goals, that interception, and a terrible four downs to kill the game off at the end. Four throws, two of them overthrown, two drops, and all short of the line of scrimmage. An average of seven yards. The Dolphins looked pretty good in the last three quarters. The run defence suddenly got it a little bit better. Miami, like the Chiefs now, are only two games back, but they don't look like a playoff
1: team. No, 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 no. I think the Kansas City Chiefs look more like a playoff team than the Miami Dolphins.
0: The AFC sixth seed race is looking a little bit ugly right now. Yeah. But the best part of this game is the reaction that an Eagles fan had to the managing to lose to a bad Miami Dolphins team.
1: Eagles, why did you lose so stupidly? <laughs> why, Eagles, why? It's Sanchez, no, I-N-T, no, no! Why, Eagles, why did you lose this freaking game?
0: Why, Eagles, why <laughs> did you make us feel so ashamed? Damn, damn, damn! E A G L E
1: S, That's incredible. I love the Y eagles Y instead of fly eagles fly. It's incredible. Uh, my favourite bit of is.
3: Damn! 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 Damn, damn, damn! I
1: quite like when he spells out eagles.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like jets. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I it? love it. E-A-G-O, I don't even know. Damn! Uh, we have tweeted the, that video out from at Gridiron on Twitter, so you can check that
1: out. One th- more thing from that. Yeah. London's Jay looked pretty good on two uh, decent sort of 20-yard runs. Um, he was six carries for 48 yards on the day. Uh
0: Look, it's a general rule in life that people don't like hearing about other people's fantasy teams. It's much like when you tell someone about your dreams or um your gardening. I don't know. Is gardening boring? But when I took Jay in the 12th round of our Dynasty League, I got so much slander and hatred. Oh, you're just an NFL UK shill. Just because you've met him and interviewed him, Will. You think you take him now? I was stacked I I needed a flyer. I knew I could stick him on IR. I did exactly that. And now I'm going to be keeping him for next year because he looks like a real prospect. If anyone's listening from that league, screw you all! I know a lot of them listen as well. The only one who doesn't listen is James Dixon. And I'm pleased. (laughs) well we all are Um, i didn't slag you off for that maybe you didn't but other people did okay i'm very bitter about it i nearly sent i nearly sent an angry twitter message round last night and i bit my tongue and i didn't do it and so i'm now doing it on the podcast instead
1: well yeah that's much better
0: (laughs) (laughs) this is it's cathartic for me this is kind of uh, like particularly today when you've got your frustrations out and i've got my frustrations out it feels like this podcast is kind of like therapy I think
1: people, after listening to it, might need some therapy.
0: Hey-o. heyo, heyo.
1: Who who does need some therapy is some is Jeff Fisher. I think it was BS. It was BS because the St Louis Rams managed to lose to the Chicago Bears. Will Gavin,
0: yeah, Zach Miller caught two touchdown passes, and rookie Jeremy Langford also had two, leading the Bears to a thirty-seven and thirteen victory. Bears improved to four and five, three and one on the road, and their offense have been. They didn't even get Alston Jeffrey involved in this game, and their offense was still good. Uh, the, the. They brought thousands of tick, of, uh, away fans to the Edward James zone, much like they did to San Diego a few weeks ago. A Langford untouched on his 83 yard touchdown on a screen. This is the one thing that we do have to say about this game. Jay Cutler has looked a lot better, but his stats have definitely been bolstered for this game. Uh, he was, he was good against Greg Williams Blitz, an excellent defensive line, but both of those 80 plus yard touchdowns, the Zach Miller one he threw for two yards, the uh, Jeremy Langford one he threw for minus five yards. The rest of it was all after the catch. So let's just call it on Jay Cutler a little bit. We've given him some love in the last few weeks. Let's just say they've been a lot better than we expected. Uh, girly watch. Sorry, can I just say
1: I love your notes, which you've uh, decided not to read out uh, verbatim where you said
0: he's still an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Cutler played excellently against a really good Greg Williams Brit, but it's Brits but 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 he's still an asshole I, I think that's a fair comment yeah, it is a fair comment I think I forgot you've got a shared screen with me Yep. Uh, but the Rams you know bad the last two games two losses in a row but they've got the same record as the Seahawks uh, Gurley just the one short touchdown a fantastic hurdle 99 yards total but only 45 of those were on the ground this was a game the Rams really didn't get it going and they're going to be 8-8 eight eight again yeah oh yeah. my god and nick Foles is terrible as well yeah he, he was 0 for 12 on throws over 20 yards he's meant to be a deep arm quarterback he's meant to be a big arm guy who's gonna unleash quick who's gonna oh it's just bad yeah, yeah. just just bad come on rams uh, i think they're out of contention now are they looking for a move to london uh <laughs> they're definitely looking <laughs> for a move we know that much uh let's go washington <laughs> two games left this one. Oh my god rob ryan at the time we're recording hasn't officially been fired we'd heard that he had been there were many reports in the media then sean payton a couple of hours ago came out and said he's very much still a member of this team but i am having a conversation with the owners that's what he said right yep that's exactly what he said so he might not be by the time this podcast is out because let's be honest when you give up 47 points to kirk cousins four touchdowns (laughs) each of his touchdowns do you like that do you like that each of his... Th- that's become a real thing now as well. Did yeah. you see the defensive tackle yeah. came and joined in on a, a, a post-game conversation uh, on the sideline and just started screaming it? Uh, so it's become a real thing. And it does seem, you know... Uh, Kirk Cousins has kind of turned this team around. It's just quite lucky that they're getting to play against bad teams.
3: You like that? You like that?
0: There you go. I could find it eventually. Did yeah. yeah. you tell I was padding? Yeah, I uh, could see. <laughs> but uh, four touchdowns. Each of his touchdown throws mm. was longer than a single pass he'd made the rest of this season. Oh, wow, pretty. His four longest passes this season are all touchdowns against the Saints. That's an easier way of saying what I've just said. Uh, they also went off in the run game. Uh, he went uh, 20 for 25, 324 yards. Uh, Jordan Reed had two touchdowns. Jameson Crowder had the one. Uh, Alfred Morris rushed for 92 yards. Matt Jones rushed for 11, but also had 131 through the air and a touchdown. Uh They looked great, Washington, on Sunday. But I kind of feel like me and you could line up as the quarterback and running back against the uh, the Saints' defense and do well. I think we probably could. The Saints are awful. You're the quarterback, right?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! You've, because I can actually throw the ball. You have got a much, much better arm than
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then on to uh, just checking, I had anything. Oh, I, my question was: Can Washington win the NFC East?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, easy, not easily, but they have the Giants are five and five. The Washington are four and five. uh
0: Eagles are four and five. Listen, you wanted me it to can happen. You wanted me to read my notes for Bateman. I'll read my notes for Bateman. Cousins, the top scoring fancy QB, but against a Rob Ryan defense. Ran for 200 yards, but against a Rob Ryan defence. The O-line looked the best it's looked all season, against a Rob Ryan defence. That's literally how it's written in my notes, because that's what, every time I tried to come up with a positive, I came back to the fact they were playing New Orleans. New Orleans are on pace to concede 45 passing touchdowns this season. That's from Fancy Football Focus, give them the love for that. That's five touchdowns more than the all-time record that the Broncos set in 1963 of conceding 40 passing touchdowns in a season. This is not a good football team. And we got briefly excited when they went to 4-4, four and four, and we thought they could be back in it. That proves that we shouldn't get too hysterical too early.
1: But, yeah, and you were getting hysterical. And However, they're coming up against teams, apart from the Panthers, uh, and their final game against the, the Falcons... They're not big, uh, touchdown st- scoring teams. They've got the Bucks, the Lions, the Jags, maybe okay. The Jags can, will throw on them and have a, you'd expect a massive day from both Allens. So, yeah, they could do. It could be. Another man's hysterical.
0: That's how you overcome adversity. I told you the team that wanted the most was gonna pull that game off. Leave yeah, yeah. You kick that. Yeah. You kick
1: yeah. that. Woo. Offense, we can't baby. We can't fight. If we keep doing that
0: we keep doing that yeah. if we give all we got yeah. if we have each other back yeah we're gonna go seven on these let's go let's go hysterical hysterical james winston thinks that the uh, the books are gonna go 7-0 for the rest of the season because they managed to meet the cow beat the cowboys 10-6 now
1: this game was terrible uh winston wasn't great but he did score the uh, the game-winning touchdown from one yard to sort of a weird bootleg thing. The naked bootleg. I love yeah, a naked bootleg.
0: Yeah. But that was their first time in the red zone. In the, <laughs> really? in the whole game. Oh Brut- absolutely brutal. Um, Three they- plays earlier, he'd lost the ball, it, uh, trying to carry it into the end zone, and the Cowboys got a defensive holding, and it was defensive holding call against them. They now lost seven straight. And we said, seven weeks ago, when they lost Tommy Romo, eight weeks ago with the bye... That they had to win two or three of these games, then he could come back and they'd win the NFCs. No more, Dallas. No more. And do you know what? And this is specifically aimed at Matt Sherry and Simon Clancy. All this rhetoric of how the cowboys of the best team in football just have injury problems. The best team in football despite not having their starting quarterback, with a serviceable backup, would have beaten a Tampa Bay team who, prior to the, par- the last two minutes, didn't even get in the red zone. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys are not a good football team. They're now 0-5 since Greg Hardy joined. Today, Jason Garrett said the Cowboys have not reached the point where they're ready to be done with Hardy. They have a karma record of 2-7, and seven, and they are a bad football team. Didn't Hardy kick off on the sideline again? Yeah, I don't... I just... He's an absolute... He he turned up late for team meetings on Thursday and then he kicked off on the sidelines at one of his own teammates on Sunday. I hate you. I physically and verbally and mentally hate you. Not the Cowboys in general, just Greg Hardy, but the Cowboys by extension until they get rid of him.
1: Uh, yeah, those are the views of Will Gavin and not the Gridiron uh, magazine or Gridiron podcast. N- uh,
0: Nick Boyd got but in I touch uh, while we've been doing the show, uh, just to round us off saying, are we buying Manning is injured? Has he made his last NFL start? Hashtag it potentials of hysteria. Well, Nick, you now know that Ollie Hunter has projected that he has made his last start. And he also said Kirk Cousins, specifically saying... You like that? You like that? Thank you for getting in touch, Nick, at Gridiron on Twitter. Ollie... Any final thoughts, anything you want to bring to the table, anything you want to end the show on?
1: Yeah, I'm off to Wembley Stadium tomorrow. Uh, really looking forward to uh, singing La Maciès. Uh, I've been practising my French, um, and I think it will be an incredible, uh, poignant um, remembrance, but also celebration of uh, uh, equality, fraternity and solidarity.
0: Fantastic. Uh, I was going to finish the podcast by asking about your racist Japanese accent in the, uh, the tortilla taste. It's not racist
1: to do an accent. It was,
0: yeah, but come on.
1: It's not racist to do an accent. Do How? It, do it now. So the the when we went to have a burrito, uh, you can have either tomato, which you called tomato. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I'll have tomato. Tomato rice, or as I said, coriander rice. It felt. That's not racist. I just said the word coriander in a Japanese accent. That's definitely not racist. It's a bit like... Makos mariota. That's not racist. It's just saying something in a funny accent.
0: Let us know what you think at gridiron or gridironpod at gmail.com. Don't forget to keep checking out Sports Travel Tours. SportsTravelTours.com. And if you are interested in coming on a 11-day road trip with two college games, a high school game, four NFL games... How many? And, and four NFL <laughs> games. And all the fun and bad you could possibly ever want we'll even go and watch some hockey maybe some basketball we'll see what else we can squeeze in and we'll do plenty of fun and drinking and activities and y- all of the great stuff we can do while are out in the US so if you're interested in what is genuinely going to be one of the funnest couple of weeks of our lives then get in touch at gridiron gridironpod at gmo.com we'll send you across some early ideas of costings so you know how much money you're going to have to save once we've got those we can do them on the podcast as well to give you an idea and all in all it's going to be brilliant Get your picks in for next week. Enjoy Monday Night Football. Uh, I don't know why I've said that. It's already been on by the time you're listening to this. I hope you enjoy Thursday Night Football. Oh, yes. Um, uh,
1: we've got the two probably really awful, terrible uniforms, but I'm really looking forward to it because I love watching the Jags play at the moment uh, with the two Allens. Um, uh, Blake Bortles, who you still love. Just Allen. Exactly. Um, what do you reckon? Hey, play
0: balls, who should you throw the ball
1: to? Just Allen. I reckon it, we are going to see a
0: Jaguars win. I'm taking a Jaguars win as well to move to four and six and challenge in the AFC South. All right, Sherry. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, thank you very much for listening. As always, this has been the Gridiron Show. Much love to you all and Vive la France!